Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget. I'm Lee Gowland. I'm Brian Davis. And this is the 49er Faithful UK Show. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK Show. On the show today, I'm joined by regular guest Naji Karar and also Paul Hope. We are going to be discussing the divisional round game against the Vikings. Hello Naji, hello Paul. Hello. Hello Lee, hello Naji. It doesn't seem as though... It was Saturday that the game was on. It, it, it still feels as though it was only yesterday that we were watching the game. Um, t- time has flown quickly since that game, and I, I think it's purely because of the euphoric feeling of being back in an NFC Championship game. Well, what do you think? Yeah, feel, feels good. So, so yeah, time time flies when you're having fun, isn't it? So, yeah, we're definitely having a lot of fun. Um, the expense of uh, Minnesota Vikings, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Right, let, let's talk about the negatives of the game. And I'm sure there aren't many after a fairly dominating game against the Vikings. I had a, a strange conversation with me brother, who's a Vikings fan. Um, he, unfortunately, couldn't watch it live because he's out on exercise with the Army Cadet Force. So once he got back Sunday afternoon, he watched the game, the game in 40 on Game Pass. And after he'd finished... I rang him and started talking about the game. And he came out with a really strange comment. It, I, I thought it was strange. He turned around and said, well, the 49ers didn't play that well, did they? I'm thinking, what game did you watch? Because we absolutely dominated you. We, we basically finished our offense midway through the third quarter, so we didn't have to play anymore. And it was a really strange comment to make. But I've also been on Twitter, and I spend a lot of time on Twitter, watching the uh, the NFL comments coming through from various different people. I follow all the other UK team Twitter accounts. Um, and, and the Vikings turned around and said, oh, yeah, you completely dominated us. Congratulations. Good luck um, in the NFC Championship. But then you see some other teams all turn around and saying, well, you weren't that good, were you? So that they, they were seeing the same thing as what my brother was seeing. And I can't see it personally i mean i don't know about you two what what did you think did, did you think it was a completely dominating game or do you think we didn't play as well as what we have done in the past no definitely it was this, this was a bloodbath it was it wasn't even close at any point i think i think people are seeing the the score line the scoreboard was close for you know uh, up until midway through the third i would i would imagine when we scored that that touchdown after sherman speak i think i think the game was you know, if you, if you're doing stat watching games, which which is something uh, um, everybody I think everybody is guilty of every now and then, you you just watch a box score and you see the stats and stuff, and you look at it and it's not that dominant, but it's not it's not what the what's happened on the game. You know, I, I kind of did the same mistake with the the Baltimore Titans game, which uh, which I couldn't watch live. I, I watched a box star. I was just going, what? How how did the Ravens lose that game? I think I think it's the same. I think. If you haven't actually watched the game, maybe it, it, it would seem that we didn't play that well. But no, it was not even close. This this is the easiest game we've had all, all season, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, it was a dominant dif- performance in all aspects. Offence, defence, special teams. I think sometimes 
people make the mistake of watching Red Zone and then when they watch a game live, like you've both said, our offence packed up in the third quarter. Um, I had a strange conversation, Lee, with a friend similar to your brother. When Jimmy threw the interception and then Sherman got the ball back and we did that drive where we just pounded, we ran the ball. My friend texted me and said, oh, it looks like you've lost confidence in Jimmy G because you won't let him pass the ball. And I was sat at home thinking, are you watching a different game to me? That drive was awesome. We've just took their soul. Yeah. We've rammed yeah. the ball down their throat. And I loved Jimmy after the game. I think Jimmy echoed those thoughts. He was like, that was great. He said to get those players and to run it was brilliant. I'm trying to think what it was that uh, Mike Zimmer said after the game uh, about that particular drive because he, he was asked about that. And I think he said something along the lines of, after Sherman had gotten the interception, San Francisco took it upon themselves to smack us in the face and then they kept on smacking us in the face until they'd knocked our teeth out. And I thought that was great. I thought it was a great quote. Um, so obviously he, he saw the benefit of what we were doing. He, he knew exactly what we were doing. They couldn't stop it. So why should we stop running the ball if they can't stop us? Okay, so on to the first negative. I'm going to let you answer this, Paul. I, I, I <laughs> don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to. Um, so what do you think the first negative was in the game? I have to say it was Weatherspoon. Um, we, we touched upon it in the preview show. I mean, that drive, they just went for him, didn't they? Um he gave a flag for pass interference and then the deep touchdown to Diggs. I was sat at home and I, I couldn't believe it. Um, but a negative turned into a positive for me because we did all agree that if it wasn't going to work on Saturday, they'd be quick to change it. And I was pleased to see them change it as quickly as they did. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I've actually got down as one of my positives. Najee? Yeah, I agree. I think um, it, it was definitely a negative. He didn't he didn't play well, but I don't think he's not playing well because he's not good. I think he seemed to have lost confidence a little bit in himself. You could you could tell, um, you know, after the feeling catch, I think on on the slant, which is quite hard to defend. Um, just look, you know, looking up in the sky and shaking his head, and and when a cornerback has not got his confidence, it's it's a lot harder for him to play. And I mean, the Diggs touchdown, I think, is is just Diggs being very good and making him think that it, the ball is too short and it's not, because mostly almost did the same in the fourth quarter and managed to knock the ball out last second, and he had a bit of safety help as well. So I, I don't know. I think yeah, he definitely didn't play well and clearly got pulled. For, for good reason. But I, I don't think it is because he's a bad player. I think I think it's a confidence thing. I think he's clearly up in his own head. I'm reading on PFF here that apparently he was, he was on the pitch first, warming up by himself and stayed late, warming up by himself, doing drills, uh, almost as if he was overthinking it. So I think, I think he's, yeah, I think he's all up in his own head at the moment and doubted himself, which... As a cornerback, you just can't have. You have to any doubt, and you're a step, you know, a step half a step behind. And at this level, you pay the price. Well, 41 yards you pay. So uh, yeah, I agree. I think, but yeah, Paul, you're right. It's it's definitely turned into a positive because Mosley had a very good game, even though he wasn't challenged as much after that. I would imagine. Um, yeah, yeah, he just had a solid game after that. 
Yeah, so I half agree with you there. I think it's definitely a confidence issue. It's almost going back to his second year where he was atrocious. And you could say yeah. that was a confidence issue. But what I would also say is, and I think I mentioned this in the in the preview show, it seems to be the turn of speed or the speed of his turn that gets him caught out. If he's just running in a straight line, that's it. He's got the receiver covered, no problem. Um, and if he does that, uh, the whole blind stick your hands up as the receiver's hands go up to make sure you, you bat the ball away, he's fine with that. But as soon as he needs to make a turn, that's when it seems to be... That, that's what seems to let him down a bit. He doesn't make the turn as well as what other other cornerbacks do. The likes of Mosley. Mosley was fantastic. Whenever the wide receiver made a turn, he made the turn with him. And he stuck to him like glue. Witherspoon doesn't seem to be able to do that at the moment. Yeah, we touched about that. Uh, I, I talked about it when, when... I can't remember when exactly. But I, he's not a man-press guy. He's not designed and his play isn't to be one-on-one, locked in, step-for-step, step, like... Daryl Revis uh, used to be or like a Chambady kind of guy, you know. Uh, he's more of a zone guy. He, he can feel the receiver and make good plays in space rather than, you know, follow step for step. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. And Mosley is more like that. He's clearly a one-on-one kind of guy. Right. Do you want to continue with another negative then, Naji? Yeah, sure. Uh, to me, it was Jimmy. I think this was his worst game of the season. And um, not that he played horrendously you know I don't think he's played as bad as other quarterback have this season but if we look at the whole season as a whole this this will definitely be his lowest game um I thought his pick was maybe kind of more of a great play by Kendricks than a bad play by Jimmy although on a slant like this you have to start a receiver because you're waiting for the window to open and he seems to have a tendency to not see that underneath um defender that has been called out a couple of times but to me it was more the fact that he just couldn't get anything in the middle of the field where he's been absolutely amazing um he's been ranked quite low uh, by pff uh let me find exactly his grade uh 65.5 which isn't you know really really low it 70 is considered average apparently um so he's he played below average um to me, the, the problem with the pick is when it happened, again, it's, you know, he's in uh, our half of the field and it's just before the half. Or if, if we score on that drive, it probably ends the half and then we get we get the ball back again. So, yeah, that, that was a bit of a problem. But, yeah, he went, you know, he went two for six in the middle of the field, where, which is our strength usually, and it just didn't happen um, this game. Uh, thankfully, it didn't need to be amazing. Um, because our run game was good. But, yeah, I think I think that was probably the worst game Jimmy played. Yeah, I agree with Nadji. Um, I'm a massive Jimmy G fan. I get a lot of stick from my friends in my hometown about how I stick up for him. I don't know whether I'm going to sound like Mr. Peplow or Mr. Positive. I wasn't overly worried, sat at home watching the game, though. Our defence was on form. We were running the ball. It was the easiest game for a playoff that... I've sat and watched for a long time. Obviously, rose-tinted glasses on, 49er fan, I'm biased. But I didn't feel at any point that we're going to come back. Yeah, so I'd agree with that. I mean, the the way we played against the Vikings um, on defence, we we just absolutely smothered them straight away. But back back to Jimmy. So Jimmy completed 11 passes of only 19 thrown. Of those uh, passes that he didn't complete, the eight passes, those three of them were drops. 
straight into the receiver's hands and straight out again. So he could have been 14 of 19, which is a very good um, completion percentage. That would have upped his yardage again. Let's, let's say, I don't know what, 10 yards per per catch there. That'll take you up to 170 yards off, off only 15 completions. That's not too bad. The one interception... He did zero in on, on the um, receiver, but as Nadji's already said, he was running a slant route. Um, he's waiting for that break to get past a certain point to hit him. Um, but if he knows he's going to be aiming for the slant, he, he should be looking at one of the outside wide receivers. Well, no, because that's not how um, Kyle's offense operates. It, that's why we have all the motions. We're not using the QB's eyes to move linebackers or move safeties away we, we're using all the motions and all the you know kids all going one side and then that drives the linebacker or the Sam all going you know motioning all the way across and back the other way to kind of like see what's going on so i think i think it was just a great play by kendricks i'm not overly worried about that really um i mean we, we talked about it kendricks is was the, is the best coverage linebacker and he just made us pay for a, a bad throw and a bad play that's all no, no, you know, we're nitpicking here. That team was... So, so that's what I'm trying to get at a little bit uh, about Jimmy because I, I don't personally think he was that bad. I, I, don't, oh, no. I don't think it was his worst game by, by any means. I think, like Nadji said, though, like, it's, we're nitpicking as in we're saying it's his worst performance of a good season yeah. and we still won and we're all sat here agreeing it was a dominant display on the offence, special teams defence. Um, and... He didn't actually need to be great on Saturday. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've got Jimmy in with the spoon down as negatives. Was there anything else? Yeah, there's Matt Breeder. What what's happened to him? He's a shadow of himself since he came back from his injury. Uh, it's almost as as if his confidence is a bit shattered as well. Um, he, you know, had eight carries for seventeen yards, which is well below average ways usually do and and he's had the fumble which obviously didn't cost us anything but it could have put the game in a bag and you know we didn't have to give cousins to get uh, another drive and chance to get some some stats down his his throat you know so i I don't know it doesn't seem like he's running quite the same as he did um is it because he's number three is it because um, he's a bit rusty. He's not playing as much, not getting the reps. I don't know, but um, I'm a bit concerned. Um, yeah, what do you guys think? I agree with you about Breeder. Um, he doesn't look what he's looked in the past. I haven't got any other negatives than what you've touched upon, um, and I'm still sat here basking in the glory that we're in the championship <laughs> game. I have been unbearable at work. I have no shame in saying. I've got to say, I, I tend to keep quiet about that because I, I don't get into the whole bravado, smack talk, trash talk. No, sort me, of thing. me neither. Right. I, I, I just quietly go about it. I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, I don't I think it's a bad thing gone, that people do over this. I wouldn't say I've gone over the top, Lee, but I work with a Giants fan and a Bears fan. And as you can imagine, the last couple of years, the Bears fan's been giving me some stick. Yeah. So, you know, Nature I strutted in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so quickly go back to Breda. So is he the third running back? He's not really because it's running back by committee. All three of them could potentially be the number one running back depending on what the game situation is or, or how they've gone, who's got the hot hand. I mean, Shanahan said on um, 
on Saturday after the game, it turned out that on the night it was Coleman that had the hot yeah. hand. So he got the reps because it wasn't quite working for Mustard. It definitely wasn't working for Breda. So he kept Coleman in. Other games it might be Mustard. Other games it might be Breda. I think it all depends on how, how they start off in the game. I think that very first run or the very first carry they have, I think that's going to de determine how many carries they have for the rest of the game, how well they do against a particular defence. So I don't think it's set in stone who the number one running back is, although I do expect Coleman to start in the backfield on um, on Sunday night. I'll be surprised yeah. if he doesn't. Um, but that could quickly change. After one carry, they might turn around and think, well, you know what, this defence is set up for for Mostert to run on them. Um, and he already had uh, a very good game against them um, at the end of at the end of November. Yeah, no, I don't think I'm not. I'm not talking necessarily in terms of snap snap count or you know even yardage. Um, I'm just it, it doesn't look like you know when when I think Matt Breda, I'm thinking first play against the Steelers or you know. Um, I think a big run, big chunk yard and loads of speed. And it just hasn't happened even since, not even one, not even, I don't think he's run for more than 12 yards uh, for, for the last three games that he's been active again. And I, just, I don't know, it seems to, maybe his injury isn't quite as healed as you think it is and he's just paying through a lot of pain, I don't know. Um, I'm, not, I'm not overly concerned, Moster and, and well, Coleman has shown that he, he can easily carry the load. So, um I'm not concerned. I'm just. It's just. It would be nice to have to have him burst in a big one again. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll be in, in Miami. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> it will be. Okay, so on the positives of which there were an absolute boatload. Um, before we get onto them, I, I, I've got a question for both of you. Did you actually expect us to be able to stop the run so effectively? especially considering the Vikings have a stud running back in Dalvin Cook. I mean, we held him to just 18 yards on nine carries. No, hell no. Uh, 18 yards? No, absolutely not. It was not expected that at all. Um, no, that came out of nowhere. I just, uh, I'm not even sure how or why it happened. Um, but yeah, we just had a number all, all game. Yeah, I mean, we held them to seven first downs for the whole game. Um, the defence was back to its best. I was expecting Cook to be better than what he was. I said in the preview show, I haven't seen a lot of the Vikings, but I'm not going to say he was at fault. I just think it was a great scheme by our defence and they executed everything to perfection. Yeah, I was, I was just about to say, do you not think that was our defence? Because as soon as Cook got that ball, that they had him stopped straight away. And the, there wasn't just one of them stopping them. There was a few people around them, all stopping them. They just seemed to swarm to him as soon as he was given the ball. Yeah, that's been that's been our defense all season. It's been you know one unit rather than every player here and there. They've clearly just been told to rally to the tackle, rally to the ball. That's which is which is a, the you know the the identity of a good defense always. Um, yeah, no, they, he couldn't get going at all. And I don't think I don't think he, it was his fault particularly. He, just people missing blocks, or, or it just wasn't there for him at all. He just didn't have any space, which probably was the plan. Just don't give him space because that's where he's good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so on to I'll, I'll let you do the first positive, Naji. Yeah, where to start? I mean. 
uh, it's just dominance everywhere, absolutely everywhere. I think I think we have to talk about our defense and our D line back to back to full form. I think I think what we talked about it during the preview show, um, and we talked about it before that. Uh, to me, D Ford was the most underrated guy, and he came back and everything changed. And we just go back to six sack. It was coming from every angle. Cousins didn't know what to do. So it's it's just so good to to be back to the you know to to the early weeks of of the NFL where people are talking about D line like the eighty five Bears or whatever because I'm pretty sure we match one of the stats they did. Um, so it, you know it's it's great. Um, yeah, what do you guys think? I thought Armstead, Buckner, Bosa, and Defoe were absolutely amazing. All of them. So we had six sacks in total. Bosa had two sacks. He also actually led the team with six tackles, um, for which obviously two of them were for a loss because there were sacks. Um, we also had Ford, Buckner, Armstead, and I'm quite happy to say Thomas has been uh, accredited with the second off last sack we had because during the broadcast that was actually given to Zell. And, oh, I probably was that already. Yeah, when, when I've rewatched it back, Thomas is already bringing Cousins down. Uh, Cousins right. is on the way down as Zettel taps his ankle, um, but they give it to Zettel on the broadcast coverage. But when you go and have a look at the game book on NFL.com, Thomas has been accredited for that sack. Yeah, I mean, even if he was Zettel, if it, the guy was signed what, two weeks ago, it's, a, it's just amazing to be. And, and that's what happens when when your D-line is so dominant and you, the offensive line just doesn't know where it's going to come and at what point it's going to come. It's just because they have to pay so much attention to the to Nick Bosa, which I'm sure we'll touch on in, in a minute, how amazing he was. And, you know, and then Buckner comes through in an arms. It's just, what do you do? And then, oh, Anthony Zetter was one-on-one. Well, let's just, oh, Solomon Thomas is one-on-one. That's fine. We, we can handle that. We have to worry about the, the the outside. And bam, it just gets you in the middle. So, yeah, no, it's just, it just show how having a dominant D-line can just change the whole game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the defense. You said early one player, six sacks in a playoff game. I like the fact that I was just spread out. Like Nancy said there, they didn't know where it was coming from. Oh, we'll, we'll block Borsa. Boom, come through Armstead. Oh, we'll block Armstead. Come through Buckner. And it was just, we sat at home, Kirk Cousins. If you can feel sorry for him, you know. <laughs> it just... So what what I would say about that is yeah you, you're right you're right it's good that we can get them all the way uh, along the line as well as some of the um, the second string players that come in getting sacks as well and not only that not only do they not know which player the sacks are coming from but the way that the D line is operating at the moment they're all changing places every other snap so they're not letting the offensive line get used to one person so they can get used to the tendencies and try and stop them a bit better they all interchanging so much. They just don't know how to handle them. And people have said it. I think they said it on the broadcast. It might have even been Chris Collinsworth, who absolutely hates the 49ers. And he turned <laughs> around and said, this D-line is probably the best he's ever seen. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're led by, by this rookie guy out of Ohio State, Nick Bosa. And he's just wrecking havoc in a, in a backfield. And he's, I think he needed the, the week off, maybe. And that's why they were playing, you know, a little bit, less good the past six games, five, six games prior to that. Well, clearly, yeah, we, we needed that by, we needed default back and and a bit more rotation from Thomas Zettel and uh, uh, North Street, sorry. Um, 
oh, I'm forgetting everybody now. Uh, Earl Mitchell played a bit. Um, you know, Sheldon Day played quite quite good with 22 snaps as well. So yeah, we're just back to dominant, dominant defense. What were your thoughts after Bosa had gotten up from his injury late in the fourth quarter? Do you think he's caught something off George Kittle? <laughs> he's definitely been watching the uh, WWE. Uh, the Undertaker sprang to mind as soon as he sat up. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that could have been a very bad, very bad, uh, you know, line for us. If, if when he went down, I was just like, oh no, oh dear, that that could be really bad. Um, but he clearly got winded or something. I think he landed on, you know, if you land on your ribs and you just get the, the wind knocked out of you, it took him a few minutes to get back to it. But yeah, that was, that was just amazing. As soon as he stood up and started rallying everyone. I, I, I bet Levi just went crazy. It sounded like it went, but yeah, it's always louder when you're there. So uh, yeah, it sounded like the, at that point there was no way the Vikings would do anything. Everybody just got pumped. So I don't know if he gave an interview and explained the situation after the game or whether or not it's in one of Shanahan's interviews. I, I must have missed it if it was. But I'd really like to know exactly what was wrong with him at the time because watching the tackle a couple of times when they're going through the broadcast as he was laid on the ground it, it didn't look as though there was anything in it whatsoever and I was thinking well it doesn't look as though he could have pulled the muscle the way he's well, gone down this is where this is where my uh, knowledge of the game comes because I played it because this has exactly happened to me sometimes when you land on top of somebody because you've got shoulder pads um, if you land on a helmet or a shoulder pad it's quite hard and if you land full force, you will just get the wind knocked out of you and then you just can't breathe for about 30 seconds to a minute. Right. Um, and, and it feels like it feels like you're dying or because <laughs> air, air comes out but doesn't come in. Yeah. Um, um, so I think that's what happened. If you, if, you look at, if you look at it again, you'll see, I think the shoulder pad of uh, Kirk Cousin, it just lands on his ribcage or in his midsection there and that just sometimes a little bit of force, a little bit of speed and then uh, yeah, you just get the wind knocked out of you. Okay, do we have any more positives that we want to bring up? I think Kendrick Bourne had a good game. Um, I know we talked about our run game, but that play in the first half when Jimmy threw the wobble ball yeah. and he managed <laughs> to bring it in. Um, obviously, we've he's either feast or famine to pinch a phrase from Nadji. Sometimes he can drop the easy ones and catch the impossible ones. But I was impressed with him on Saturday. Um, uh, ben Garland, again, he came in. He didn't allow a single quarterback pressure from what I could remember on Saturday. And he was also keen on running game. Um, I was very impressed with him on Saturday. Yeah, I was going to touch on that. I'm happy you, you mentioned Ben Garland. And, and, and entire O-line, because we talked during the preview how Daniel Enter and Everson Griffin were were quite hot. They they were good. They were playing good football, very good football. Even you know racking up sacks and how they managed just by the two of them and 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 the rest of the D line to put Drew Brees off his game, which is not easy task. So we were a bit worried about that. And early on in the game, I'm pretty sure the new enter got the better of McGlinchey. But after that, I don't think they got, they got anywhere close to Jimmy. If it was the two sacks. Um, so, and Ben Garland, and they went through the middle again, um, you know, um, to try and 
take advantage of him being there and the, our middle line being uh, slightly weaker than our outside line. But yeah. he he rose to the to the challenge, and he played absolutely amazing. Our running game doesn't go anywhere if our, if our offensive line isn't playing well. So yeah, all all five of them were really 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 good. And I think I know which your positive is going to be, Lee. So I'm, I'm not going to steal your thunder, but I would just like to give Kittle. Like Najee said, sometimes you look at the stat sheet. I mean, obviously he had three catches for, what, 15, 16 yards? But boy, oh boy, did he uh, excel as a run blocker on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, that was shot over that. And, and that was brought up on the uh, broadcast as well. The turn on said Kittle doesn't have as many yards as he normally does receiving, but just look at how well he's playing for the rest of the team. Some of the blocks that he's putting in were absolutely amazing. So, yeah, I mean, he stands out week in, week out. Whether or not he's got big stats going up, you can just see him, see what an integral part he is to the team and how important he is. Well, yeah, because that, that's why he's our MVP. That's why he's, he's such is George Kittle, is he'll do what needs to be done for us to win. He doesn't care about stat line. He doesn't care about going to the Pro Bowl and posting up numbers and, you know, making people win fantasy football. That's not what he's about. He's about to... He's just a good guy. He wants his team to win. And no matter how, if he has to block 50 times in a row to win the game, he'll do it. He doesn't care. And and that shows... That showed, uh, you know, on Saturday, and yeah, oh, he's he's such an, an amazing player. Even, even when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, and it, it, even when he does, like two or three times a game, he just makes it count. So, yeah, love love Josh Gill to bits. I think Shanahan said in an interview I've seen since the game that um, he said something about Kittle's never come up to him once in the three years during a game and said, "I need to run this route. You need to do this." But he comes up to him about every seven plays and talks about what type of run play we need to do, which will allow him to hit someone because he likes it and it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. It does. Okay, so hopefully, um, hopefully, I'm going to give the positive that you're thinking of, Paul. So my biggest positive <laughs> to come out of the weekend has absolutely nothing to do with our game. And the biggest positive for me is if we do manage to reach the Super Bowl and get past the Packers on Sunday night, we won't have to contend with Lamar Jackson, who was an absolute nightmare running past us. Um, obviously, I mean, that was a close game anyway, and you can never take uh, your regular season game into the off-season and expect the same, same with the Packers. But yeah, I'm glad we won't have to uh, visit Lamar Jackson again and try and stop him. And a close second as the biggest positive was the fact that the Seahawks got beat. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that's that made me nice. very happy. <laughs> that's always nice. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, I'm going to disagree with you on the on the first positive. I don't I don't think it's a good thing that Lamar Jackson's gone. I think I think it's proven this weekend that he's beatable. That if you have a good team and and you have a good game plan, you can just beat him. Especially the way the Titans did it by basically doing what the Ravens did to everybody, to the Ravens, and then having a couple of plays going your way, and then all of a sudden it's a blowout. No, I mean, I don't think it's a good thing, because now the, the way is paid for, for Mr. Mahomes to walk into Miami. And I, I don't know if we, even though we have the best defense in, in the league, I'm not sure we can stop these guys. I, did you guys, did you not see that game on Sunday? It was ridiculous. Yeah, I did see that game. And Bill O'Brien, he, he needs to give his head a shake. He does. Yes. For, for me, agree. he lost that game when he didn't have the nerve 
to go for it on fourth down towards um what was it just at the start of the second quarter yeah, yeah. they were tw- they were they were 21 points to nothing up and he didn't go for it up but i'm gonna be honest i don't even if they had gone for it, I don't think they would have done anything. They scored 51 points in 30 minutes. Um, they scored on seven, you know, seven drives in a row, which is an NFL record. Um, yeah, I, this Chiefs is scary, scary, scary. I, I, I would, I almost wish the Titan wins um, because they'll be easier to handle. I, I don't know. I, don't, I think the Chiefs are like. To me, and uh, I know I'm a Niners fan, and this is going to sound like heresy, but uh, to me, they're the, the favourite to win it. I hope so, because I'd rather the 49s be an underdog, to be honest. Fair enough. And, and fair enough. To, to be fair, I mean, the way everybody's been talking all year long, they've had the uh, 49ers as an underdog. Um, obviously, today we've gone number one in the uh, the power rankings, but you mm-hmm. still don't get very many people who are going to tip the 49ers for a Super Bowl win. There was a couple of different polls on Twitter and um, the, these were UK-led polls. And when you have a look at the four teams that are still in it, um, I think the, the Packers came out with a 65% uh, 65% of the poll takers thought the Packers are going to win it. I think the 49ers was down just below 20%. It's people. Ah, so these are all, these are all fans. These are all fans. Mm. These aren't analysts. But then you look at some of the things the analysts are saying as well, and they're still looking at the likes of the Chiefs or the Packers being being the favourites. I can't. I can't believe anybody's got the Packers as favourites. No, actually, actually, you should. Funny, you should say that. I'm I'm from Darlington in the northeast, and there's a lot of people who go with the Packers. I think there's a lot of love for Aaron Rodgers where I live. Um, but like you said, Lee, I like the fact that we're the underdogs. I joked on earlier about being unbearable since we've won. But I'm not over the top. I'm not overly confident. I'm looking at one game at a time. So a lot of people at my work have laughed because I've booked the Monday off after the Super Bowl and that we've booked our Super Bowl party. I was like, we booked that at the start of the season. I had my day off booked a year ago. I think there's only Brian Davis in our group who was get the Brasso out, we're winning. Yeah. And each week, I've approached it the same. I'm concentrating on Sunday. I'm not looking past Green Bay. I watched the playoffs on Sunday with a bit of an unusual interest. Um, that that Chiefs-Titans game was just like a game of Madden or a game of college football. It, it just didn't seem to be a real game, did it, to be fair? Mm, no, that's true. Amazing game. Crazy, crazy game. Playoff football, that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, well, what I would say about that, I mean, I, I watched all the games exactly the same reason, uh, vested interest in who potentially we may meet if we do make it to the Super Bowl, because as I've said, it's not a guarantee, but if we do make it there, you, you look at the way the, the Titans played against the Ravens, I, I thought the Ravens were incredibly poor, and I thought they were incredibly, yeah. incredibly poor on both sides of the ball. It, it wasn't just the defence or the offence, one, one or the other, it was just a a really poor team performance. I, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was rust coming off the bye week. I, I think one of the uh, broadcasters turned around and said, effectively, for the last four games of the regular season, they've had nothing to play for. So mm-hmm. Because they'd all, they were already division champs. So I, I, I think that does play into it because the mindset goes a little bit when you know you don't really need to win this game to to, to progress further. So I think they weren't great. So I don't think the Titans 
are overly good. When you look at Kansas City, the, the way they played in that uh, first quarter, they played that, like that against a decent team and they're going to be made to pay. Made to be pay more than what the Texans did. And to be honest, the Chiefs have never come up against a defence like the 49ers. And I've got every confidence in the fact that the 49ers defence this year is one of the best there's ever been. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm, that's the Super Bowl I want. That's, that's what I called multiple times. I think it'll be the best <laughs> game possible. Um, I just I just don't know who stops Pat Mahomes. Uh, he's, uh, everybody's been talking about Lamar Jackson all season, but he's played almost as good as he did last year, which was, you know, record-setting season, um, you know, passing for like 50 touchdowns over however I many he did. Um, I don't know. It, this guy is like, it's a generational guy. We'll be talking about him for a long, long time. And um, yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a good Super Bowl if we can get there. First, we need to beat Aaron Rodgers again, yeah. which is you know definitely going to be a good game. It's the championship. Well, I mean, we'll talk about it. Actually, I won't be there, so I can talk about it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be a good game for sure. But I, I think I think we'll be all right. They struggled against the Seahawks defense that was broken, so. Um, yeah, we'll be fine. I, I, I see us in, in Miami, for sure. Um, but, yeah. Well, I've got to be honest, I see us in Miami as well. I, I don't think it's going to be the route that it was back in November against the Packers. I think it's going to be a close no, game. No, 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 no. Um, I think I, I posted it. It wouldn't surprise us if it, there's only three points in it. Um, however, I don't think my prediction is only going to be down to three points. It might be a little bit bigger than that. But yeah, I, I think we've got the Packers. Definitely, we, we, we've got the better of the Packers. Um, I can't believe somebody's turned around and said they're the worst ever 13-3 and three team. I wouldn't go that far. No, I wouldn't go that far either. Do you not think the experts get a little bit carried away all week? We had everybody picking the Vikings. Um, I watched a bit of Good Morning Football when I got in from work. And they were raving about Travis Kelsey. Don't get me wrong. He's a great player. But it was, you know, as if the Chiefs were now the super team that Lamar Jackson and the Ravens were and nobody could possibly stop them. Um, and we're not getting that love that other teams are getting. But like you said, Lee, I quite like that. I want us to go into Miami as the underdogs. And let's just keep going one game at a time, see what we can do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so one more thing about Lamar Jackson. So that interception he threw, that kind of showed you a dark side of Lamar Jackson. That rattled him a lot. He, he took it personally. And I, th I thought his reaction when he started grabbing hold of the uh, the helmet and he was twisting quite a bit, I thought that was terrible. That It, it just shows that um, he, he's not that calm under pressure, especially when he turns the ball over. Well, it just hasn't happened to him, has it? It's, it's, that's his second year, and he didn't really start playing last year. So, essentially, that's his first full year as you know as a starting quarterback. So, and they've just been dominant all season. This I don't know if you guys watched, but I think it was week three, week four, maybe. They played the exact same game against the Browns, and they lost it. Um, I think it was week three. Um, it was, so, yeah. Yeah. If if you go and watch that game, and then you watch the Titans game again uh, from Sunday, uh, from Saturday, sorry. It, it's the same game. They just the game got away from them, and they just they're not built to be from behind. And that's why I just don't think they could have kept up with the Chiefs in, in a championship. But yeah, no, you can tell. You can tell. It's just it's just not happened. It's not used to losing. And you know when you win easy games 
and you post a hundred and fifty yards running and you you can stop on the dime and make people miss and break ankles and and all that and the game's easy for you then when adversity you know shows up then how are you going to handle it especially in a high pressure environment and the stadium went quiet and everything you know it's it's not easy i'm not i'm not putting it on him i'm sure he'll learn a lot from that game and they're going to come back stronger yeah uh, next year for sure but yeah, I think that's why that's why I didn't have as much faith in, in the Ravens. I could see one of those games coming. You know, not, nothing ever goes to plan in the NFL. And I think the first quarter of the Chiefs-Texans game showed it. There's just sometimes crazy things happen and you have no control over it. It's just how how, how able you are to like get back on your feet and, and, and just try and win the game, which they couldn't do it in, in Baltimore and the Chiefs could. So, yeah. But I'm sure it'll learn a lot, and I'm sure the whole organization will learn a lot from from that. Yeah, I think you said there, Lee, earlier, um, the Ravens had nothing to play for towards the back end of the season. Yeah, every week for us seemed to be a must-win game, and we've come through the highs and lows. I think after we lost to the Ravens, we all agreed. Sometimes in the NFL, you learn more from losing. Like what Nancy just said there, you can you know have these super games where you post and record numbers and you win and buy seven touchdowns, but when you get to the postseason, like anything can happen. And I think that's why I was confident on Saturday. I, like, Jimmy wasn't firing all cylinders, but we still look comfortable. And I'm looking forward to Sunday. Long time ago yet, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So, so, because Najee's not going to be available for the Green Bay preview show, I'm going to ask you for your prediction now. Oh wow, um, that's putting somebody on the spot. I haven't made, I haven't done my homework. So I don't know who's injured, <laughs> who's not. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit more comfortable than most people are going to predict. Um, I don't think it's going to be quite the blowout um, that we just had that I predicted, by the way. Yeah. Pretty, pretty accurately, almost, almost. <laughs> uh, quite happy about that. Um, I think it's going to be, oh, God, that's, um, I'm going to say 28 again. It seems to be scoring 20s around that many points every game. So I'm going to say 28 to 20. All right. 28 to 20. Right. Well, I can't tell you what my prediction is going to be because I'm going to have that in the air preview show. So you'll have to have a listen to see how close I am to you. Okay. Okay. Right, guys. Thank you very much for joining um, it's actually gone on a lot longer than I was expecting today. We're excited, that's why. I just... think we are, yeah. <laughs> Can I just say before you finish, Lee, one final positive. On Saturday, my little girl who was six, was, I was able to share the first playoff game with her and it was an amazing experience, one that we'll both never forget. Uh, obviously, celebrating the touchdowns together. Yeah. She went to oh. school on Monday, very proud with her 49ers hat on because there oh. is a classmate who was a Packers fan. Fantastic. Boy, oh boy, have they had some fun this week in the playground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't wait for my daughter to start watching football. I wish I watched football together. Yeah, unfortunately, my youngest is a Packers fan. Oh. So for, for the second week running, I've got a family member who's in the enemy camp. <laughs> and you'll have to buy a merch if, she, if they win. Oh, that would be rough. <laughs> oh, I'm not buying him any merch. He's got his own money. He can buy his own stuff. <laughs> right. Thank you to everyone that takes the time to download and listen to the podcast. 
please remember to like and subscribe and also visit our YouTube channel by searching for 49 Faithful UK. We have a meetup arranged in Newcastle for the Super Bowl and the event details can be found in the events tab on the Facebook app. If you do intend to go, please let us know as soon as possible and we can arrange for a collection of the £10 fee via PayPal. This will cover entrance, a free drink, burger and chips, reserve table and also a free bet. I've settled the initial payment for the 16 confirmed attendees, so we do have two tables reserved already, um, but I've also been told we can continue to add to those numbers up to the end of next week. The next show will be the NFC Championship Game Preview Show, and that should be uploaded by the end of the week. Until then, go Niners!